Today we're talking about the five weirdest habits of INFJs that we usually keep secret. INFJs are weird, everybody knows it, but what makes us so weird? People could never really tell you. They said, yeah, there's something off about them, they're different. But let's talk about the habits that actually make us different. Let's talk about the habits that we all know are so true to us INFJs and still we keep hidden because they seem so extraordinary and so weird. Before we get started, remember to sign up for the waiting list for the next INFJ Epic Life Bootcamp round. It starts in the beginning of November. So make sure you're on that list, you get access to the early bird prize and you get notified once we go live. All the information you find in the links in the description. Habit number one, we get stuck on people. So when I'm talking about getting stuck on people, I'm not talking about, oh, we have a crush on somebody, we like somebody. No, I'm talking about being stuck on people for years. And we even get stuck on people that we actually didn't even have such a long relationship with. Sometimes we get stuck on people that we have met once. And this is something we keep hidden like nothing else. I've experienced now having worked with so many INFJs and talked to so many of you that this isn't just something that I've experienced. This is something we all go through. And most of the time we keep this hidden. We are not telling our friends, we're not telling our family because everybody would look at us and say, there's something wrong with you. You're delusional. Why are you spending your time obsessing about like a potential relationship or a potential friendship or a potential potential, whatever it may be, when you know that the other person is not reciprocating whatever you're experiencing. For us, it's different because we experience every future possible scenario in our mind and we feel it so deeply that just thinking about those situations gives us a high. And on top of that, we do it because we see that there's a path there. We see that there's an opportunity, how we could actually feel more alive and the other person as well. So because we have such an emotional reaction to our own imagination, we tend to go back there over and over and over again. And when can you do this? When you don't have anything actualizing in the real world with that person, for example. Because once things become clear, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. It's like they're black and white. But as long as we don't have 110% confirmation that the person is not the person we thought they were, that the opportunity we thought could happen isn't happening, until we have this complete proof and we've proven it to ourselves mainly, right? It's not enough for other people to tell us until that time we actually get stuck on people and it's really, really difficult for the INFJ to get out of that. Habit number two, and this works very much in combination with habit number one, is that we get addicted to a life that is not our own because we tend to live in our mind and to always look at the world from our dream-like state. You know, it happens very often that we imagine a life that isn't based on our current reality, meaning not our apartment, not our city, not our friends. There is some kind of escape out there and we're looking for that and attaching ourselves to that and get addicted to that because that could be our solution. Right, this isn't something that is healthy, just as the first habit isn't. But once we recognize that those are just default states, that that's how our mind works, we can make the best out of it. We can understand how this can be something that drives us, something that inspires us, but we also know when to set boundaries and when to say this is enough. 
you are not going to believe how many INFJs I have met who have met somebody who lives in another city, in another country, on a different continent. I was in a long-term relationship with somebody who lived on the other side of the world, right? And you know, I've talked about this in other videos and INFJs wrote like underneath, oh, you're talking about me here. Like, you know, you took this as inspiration for your video. And I was like, no, believe it or not. Like, you know, I've heard it from another INFJ because this is so common. For us INFJs, it is really difficult to attach ourselves to reality. And you know, this is also what the audio guide is based on and what the bootcamp is based on. By the way, all the information you find in the links in the description if you want to know more about this. But the basis of what I'm doing is that, you know, we have to find anchors in our current reality so we can start creating something and pretty much watering our own grass instead of looking at our neighbor and like what we're not having and thinking that the grass is always going to be greener there. No. We need to start watering our own life. But the thing that we tend to do is to get addicted to a possible life that would get us out of our reality. We only later would find out that this new reality wouldn't be better because we're not changing things in the real world. The escape is that we're not connecting to the real world, but we're connecting to things we imagine could be. And as long as there's such a big discrepancy between those two and you're not doing anything to improve your life in the real world to get closer to that vision, we're always going to look for any kind of escape in order to feel better about our current situation. Habit number three, we have an exponential learning curve. So this is something that is actually very positive. But again, a lot of INFJs don't know about this. And it also looks weird to other people because it means if you start something new, let's say a new skill, or you start like creating something and you're just in the beginning phases, most of the time others will be better than the INFJ. The INFJ will take longer and it will look like the INFJ is either lazy or they're not smart enough or they're just slow. And the worst thing about this is that most INFJs who are in this situation actually take this personally. They think that there's something wrong with them, that they're just slow, that they're never going to be as successful as somebody else. When the only thing missing is time because the way our mind works, we create a web of information and you cannot see the entire picture until your web is big enough. Meaning the longer you stick with something, the more you're going to accelerate with the results you're getting. But you can only do this if you trust yourself to be able to make it happen. If you get discouraged as an INFJ that you're slower than others in the beginning, of course you're going to stop. And when you stop, you're never going to really recognize the benefits of, you know, starting slow, but then skyrocketing. Because once you've understood the concept, you can expand it all, right? It's the same thing as somebody learning by heart what four times five is and the INFJ understanding how it works. Because afterwards, the other person also has to learn by heart what five times six is or five times seven. But the INFJ has learned how to multiply. This, of course, is just like a random example. But with everything else in life, you'll see that the INFJ works in this capacity. And once I had understood this, I allowed myself to be slower in the beginning than my peers. 
because I allowed that to myself and I was calm. And because of this calmness, I was able to focus on my personal progress and get the results that I wanted. Habit number four, we are really good at understanding ourselves, but we're bad at changing something about it. The INFJ is really good at self-reflection. They're great at doing all the work that is all about personal development. That's why, you know, MBTI is so interesting to INFJs. They know what this is all about and how this works. But on the flip side, it's really difficult for the INFJs to take action and to change that. Because our last function is extroverted sensing. And extroverted sensing is all about making things real right? If you look at it from a perspective of manifesting, you know, NI is all about coming up with the vision, coming up with the idea, and SE is all about making it real, taking the steps to make it happen. You need both to create the INFJ epic life that we want, right? On our unique terms. While other people might have a difficult time understanding themselves and what they want and what would make their soul really happy, you know, and they could be great at actually executing them. The INFJ has the exact opposite problem. We understand all of that really well, but what we need to learn is how to take the steps, how to make changes happen and not to go back into reflection mode, into meditation mode, into I need to heal myself mode. Those are all important aspects, but we as INFJs are already pretty good at those. What is necessary for us is to learn how to take action in such a way that doesn't overwhelm us. This is also the basis of everything that I do. And this is also why I was so eager to start this channel because I recognized that this was the missing link to happiness in my life. And I always say we as INFJs, we don't have to do all the things, right? We're never going to be able to take so much action and to do all the things, but we don't have to. We already have such a great vision and know where we wanna go that once we take a couple of important steps, we actually start building a trajectory and a momentum that leads us to where we want to be. Again, if you wanna know more about this, check out the free posters, check out the audio guide and sign up for the waiting list for the next bootcamp round. All the information you find in the links in the description. Habit number five, we uniquely adapt at naming our unique challenges. Meaning, if we, for example, are afraid to post a video on YouTube, we might be able to say, I'm afraid to take that step because I'm afraid of the judgment I'm going to receive. People are going to look at me and are going to have an opinion about it. And that scares me because I don't like that feeling. This is something you probably won't hear from another personality type. They might feel the same thing, but they won't be able to name it. They won't be able to say it out loud because this in itself already makes them uncomfortable. We as INFJs do this very easily. This isn't something that requires a lot of work for us. And that's why a lot of people are actually looking at us and thinking like, I cannot do this. Like, what position are you putting me in? How often have you talked to somebody and you thought, I'm just going to be honest with them. I'm going to talk about what's really going on here. I'm not just going to, you know, look at the superficial stuff. I'm going to talk about the fact that, you know, we've actually had a connection, that something happened that disrupted this, that, you know, the other person might feel intimidated by the intensity of this potential situation, whatever it may be. And we talk about it because this comes natural to us. This isn't difficult. Other people, on the other hand, look at us and are completely taken back 
because this isn't something that they can listen to. This isn't something that they can confront themselves with because naming something so concretely is out of their comfort zone. So next time when you tend to talk to somebody in such a way that isn't an INFJ, always remember that this is a habit that seems very weird to other people because they're just not able to handle it without getting overwhelmed. If you want to know more how to make the best out of those habits, remember to check the links in the description. And if you want to watch another video now that is in alignment with today's topic, then watch the video when the INFJ finally accepts their mind-blowing nature. This is what happens.